0: with starting doing this an hour earlier than normal
1: yes and I- it comes with staying up until midnight watching mind hunter and then the kids waking up at like six.
0: Oh, nice see <laughs> i was up until midnight as well but i was watching a wrestling show that did not need to be four hours long
1: <laughs> was this a uh a, a Royal Rumble or something like that or a SummerSlam. No, no it can't be SummerSlam. No. In it, it
0: was uh it was an AEW show, an all elite uh. wrestling show. They're the the new company trying to compete with yeah. uh with WWE. And I thought like, okay, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a three hour show. And Tim, I tell you, this thing was cursed. Like <laughs> they uh, I don't know if you know who Matt Hardy is, but he's he's one of the Hardy boys with with him and his brother Jeff. It does sound familiar.
1: Are, are they like old school?
0: Uh, they're like from the from the '90s and like early yeah. 2000s. Well, Matt Hardy is in this company now. He he's older and he's he's had quite a few like good injuries or, or I should say bad injuries uh, that have uh, taken some time off of his career. Mm-hmm. And he's up in a scissor lift with a guy that he's in a match with, and this guy scissor uh, spears him off of the scissor lift onto a table below. Sounds. <laughs> Sounds safe enough, right? They, they've got a cushion. Par for the course. Except for they almost clear this table. Matt Hardy mm. smacks the back of his head on the concrete oh. twenty foot down. Jeez. And they they throw up they throw up the X that the referee throws up the X, which is a symbol to like the, the producers backstage. Hey, he's actually hurt. <laughs> we need to stop this now. And they stop it for about five minutes, and then they keep going. <laughs> And then they just go, like, right to the end in order to just get it over with. But, like, the dude's probably concussed. Yeah. So that that's not a good look for them.
1: <laughs> that's crazy.
0: Oh, boy. So how's Mindhunter?
1: <laughs> oh, still, still, uh, it's killer, Ted. <laughs> ha. Oh, serial killer. Ha. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're loving it. Although I'm like, uh, last night I was just so tired. I don't know why. I guess because we stayed up the night before also watching Mindhunter. And then the kids wake up early. <laughs> But yeah, I've been normally been able to stay awake, and, and it's not that the episodes are bad. It's just I'm, I'm so tired, and so a nap is probably in my future today, mm-hmm. as is at least one other kid. <laughs> at least.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I I know that feeling. Well, I mean, I, I wanted to start so early because we uh, were planning on going to Waldemere today, but then we went yesterday. So, huh. I, I mean... We, we can we can get started. Uh, I mean, I don't have anything else to to delay things with. That way we can both be done with this and uh, carry on with our days.
1: Why not? All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning.
0: It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell.
1: And today we will be talking about the postponement... Season seven, episode two. Uh, But before that, we didn't have any homework from last episode, but we did have some trivia and tidbits. And I wanted to go back to the, I think it was, oh, the understudy, because I did find yet another possible translation of what Frank was trying to say in Korean when he said that her, you know, her dad said to me, this guy. This is not my kind of guy. Uh-huh. So someone says it might be Ono Inawa Sheo, and the g- person said, Frank's Korean isn't very good, but from my perspective, it sounds like a translation of, I don't like you.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. And, and that was from an actual, like, Korean, like, learning the Korean language website message board or something like that. So um, I put a lot of stock in that. <laughs> Much more than everyone on Reddit who was like, I don't know, I don't speak Korean. Yeah,
0: I don't speak Korean, but it sounds gibberish to me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like gibberish. I like, don't speak Korean, like, though. Like, hmm, you, you, don't, you don't think those two things are connected? <laughs> um, from
1: The Engagement, Season 7, Episode 1, the Season 7 premiere, uh, writer and co-creator Larry David came up with the idea of George getting engaged with the intent that it would be a season-long story arc, but at the time had no plan for how the arc would be resolved. And he wrote the first three episodes of... Uh, this season in order to set the, the tone for the rest of the season. So uh, I think you, you might have noticed, I noticed it, in, in this episode, especially it was written by Larry David in the yeah. opening credits. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it kind of harkens back to, I think, what Larry, like Larry's vision for the show, that it wouldn't be so self-contained, that it would be. And if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, every, every season is a season-long arc that pretty much gets set up in episode one of what Larry's going to be dealing with the whole season. We saw that a little bit in the in the earlier seasons, like specifically with Kramer going to LA. I mean, that wasn't a season long arc, but at least it was longer than we've had in, you know, season five or six.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So I think I think this is Larry David's last season, season seven. I don't know if he I don't know when he decided that or whatever, but um huh. it might have been he was like, I want to do one more <laughs> of my style instead of these, you know, one off all these little one off nothing is connected episodes, and then I'll and then I'll dip out. So that's my theory. I don't know if it's actually true.
0: Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to pay attention to the, um, the opening credits uh, from here on out, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, to see when he drops off. Uh, the expression happy pappy was actually used by Heidi Swedeberg, who played Susan <laughs> on the show in off-camera conversations with Larry David, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. So that came from real life. And this answers a question that I had in the last episode. All the clips in the flashback montage of George and Susan's relationship were filmed Specifically for that episode, hmm. so they weren't like previously deleted scenes or anything like that. It was all new footage, which I suspected because I was like, "This looks like a flashback," but I don't remember. Any <laughs> yeah, of these. I, I don't.
0: I don't remember. I don't remember this scene at all. It, it, it looks like <laughs> it looks like it's on their set. Uh, yeah, but. That's that's great. I, I I really like that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, uh, what a lot of extra time. I mean, anytime yeah. <laughs> I see like one second of film, I'm like, there were 30 trailers. There was a craft service table. There was a million crew members. <laughs> like just for five seconds of footage, mm-hmm. c- they had to go on location for somewhere else. Like it just. But the boggles. thing is,
0: but the thing is, is like these all look like they were ta- they were shot on sets, and yeah. it, it's not like they unpacked, set up, got into makeup, <laughs> got into wardrobe for that. And then tore down, unloaded, packed back up, and left for the day. They they filmed these just like, oh yeah, come in thirty minutes earlier.
1: You know. Yeah, yeah, that's probably because one was on the street set I remember, and one was in George's bed, so exactly. those sets are easily accessible. <laughs> but I, I, it does pop into my mind anytime I see a movie that it, that does that.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's not like, oh yeah, remember this flashback when we were in Rome? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, it reminds me of the the bit on Wayne's World when they're like touring i think they're touring europe and they they have like a little model airplane and then it's obviously (laughs) a wayne and garth stand in from behind and they're like whoa the eiffel tower (laughs) very much like you know very much like stand in kramer from seinfeld yeah
0: oh my god
1: um okay uh julia louis dreyfus uh, okay this answers another question that i have i was like is she a really good actress and she can pretend that she lost her voice or did she lose her voice and they had to write it into the show please tell me she actually
0: wrote she she actually lost her voice
1: yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely what happened, and, and she lost <laughs> her voice overnight from doing the scene where Elaine shouts at the dog, so the writers oh, had to work God. her hoarseness into the episode script. <laughs> at least they filmed that one i guess it would have been smarter to film it last like let's film the scene where she's going to lose her voice last and that way she yeah. has the weekend
0: the <laughs> I, I know like it's it's normal for productions to film the the most like involved scenes last like yeah, like yeah. All, all of the fight scenes all of the all of the scenes that involve like a lot of either choreography or just really intricate sets those are always last
1: yeah yeah or yeah stunts or something like that you don't have to film it in chronological order
0: exactly
1: <laughs> although i remember when uh, going back to movies and stuff like a beautiful mind they were like this movie was filmed in chronological order i'm like who like, cares is, that yeah. sounds like a waste of time yeah
0: is is anyone is anyone going to watch the movie for that like, yeah, whenever I learned that <laughs> filming out of chronological order was the norm, it broke my mind when watching like any movie. <laughs> You know, because growing up, I I, I like to make YouTube videos as a teenager, and I felt like, okay, no, we have to film it in chronological order. How else am I going to know how to edit it together? But then I was like, oh wait, I can just write this down. Yeah, and and, and that's what a shot log is.
1: Well, going back to even further, when YouTube was just VHS tapes that my friends and friends and I made, like <laughs> you would you would just edit it in the camera, so that would be the easiest way. <laughs> If you didn't so, have two VCRs so you, or whatever, yeah, you you would film in literal chronological order.
0: Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so editing was just like cutting and sp- just cutting, right? You yeah, yeah. You couldn't splice things other places.
1: No, no, definitely not. Yeah. And I think eventually one of my buddies who got more interested in it did. He would either hook up the camera to another VCR or he got two VCRs. But that's what you would need if you didn't have a giant professional editing rig, which I also worked on. Like my college had them, um, you know, and you could shuttle and jog with the little knob and then (laughs) cut here and then put something back you know you could digitally spice splice it that way but um yeah we would just like all right stop all right let's do the next shot so it'll follow this thing we just shot man (laughs) yeah (laughs) very handy finally uh we've been talking a lot about the psychology uh of seinfeld and i found this about the last episode specifically george's psychology And Joanna L. DiMattia, Mattia, author of the essay The Show About Something, Anxious Manhood, and the Homo Social Order on Seinfeld. How about that? Ooh. I know. Argues that Susan Ross ultimately embodies the restrictions of marriage for George and therefore a real threat to the male friendships on the show. But here's the part of this essay that I like. I didn't read the whole thing. I just read the, these two little sentences that I found online. <laughs> This episode illustrates how to approach marriage with the most inappropriate partner solely for the purpose of personal reinforcement. So, like, I'm going to get married just for the sake that this person's going to make me a better person or whatever. Or I'm getting married because that's what men do.
0: Mm. And, I, and, and that's
1: what mature people do. Um, <laughs> and that's what confident people do. Everything he's not, he's like, getting married will make me those things. But as uh, this essay states, and as uh, I think we said as much uh, when we talked to Dr. Matt, You know, it's he's with the most inappropriate partner. You know, he's getting married for himself, not for the couple or her or anything like that. So I found it pretty interesting that someone had dissected it even further. And that's all
0: I got. Okay, we do have actually something in Newman's mail sack that we will get into at the end of the show. And is there any other, like, newsworthy bits or anything? I didn't see anything, no. Okay. Uh no Nobody nobody died, hopefully. Um Although we are recording not, this no, a, no. a week before it comes out. So, you know, a lot can happen. All right, if you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. Uh, I'm watching these epi- episodes for the first time. Ever, Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years. If we miss something, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email, send us a tweet at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Reason being is we like to run through these episodes just stream of consciousness. If there's something that comes up, we assign it to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. And we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker, free of charge. Uh, we haven't really had any new iTunes reviews in a couple of months. Uh, probably, I mean, it, it's the pandemic. I'm not really going to care that much. But honestly, if you just email us or send us a DM, I'll send you a sticker. It's it's no big deal. I've got a bunch of these things. Um, but but that, that made me wonder, should I set up like a site... That would make it easier for people to like request one. Do you, do you think that's do you think that's mm. a necessity or or just uh, saying hey yeah email us or tweet us is enough?
1: I think that's probably enough.
0: Okay, all right. I, I mean, the, if we do set up a site that would give us the avenue to have other merch. But, I mean, we're already into Season 7, and we've and we've only done <laughs> stickers so far. So, if we were to do t-shirts, I think we would be on the Seinfeld concept for, like, another nine months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, anyway, if you would like to give us a rating and a review, it, it would be greatly appreciated. If not, we'll send you a sticker anyway. Just uh, DM us or email us your mailing address. That being said, Season 7, Episode 2, The Postponement. Original air date, September 28th, 1995. I was two years, nine months, and eight days old, and... Uh, If you count this episode and every other episode we have left, Tim, we have 65 episodes before we become an episode talking solely about politics, but it's the banter in between talking about politics that I don't have to cut out. And I cut out everything political. (laughs) It's five minutes every week, but the raw audio is about an hour and a half long.
1: (laughs) Sounds good to me. And, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to edit that one.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. And, uh, <laughs> if you are looking in TV Guide the night of September 28th, you are going to see Feeling Overwhelmed. George wants to postpone marrying Susan. Hmm.
1: And we start as we have for the last three episodes now with no stand-up.
0: Yeah, this, um, this is weird. And okay, I, I feel like I need to come clean with this. I looked up the site kramersapartment.com because <laughs> I was, I don't know if you've heard of this site. Uh, I don't think so. But I was trying to find someone's like uh, BuzzFeed-esque ranking of the Seinfeld logos. Yeah. And I found this site that had every Seinfeld logo In the still shot of the opening of every episode. And I found out, I don't know if this goes against me, like not doing any homework into the future or anything, but this is the last episode of season seven that does this. Every other episode of season seven is going to be stand up. And then every other episode for the run of the series will cut right into the scene until the finale.
1: Wait, so there's no more stand up uh, after season seven?
0: At the beginning of the episode.
1: Uh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So season seven, the rest of season seven has stand up, and then season eight and nine do not. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Correct. Wow.
0: They they just wow. cut right into the
1: scene. Wow, that's really weird. I don't remember that. But again, I'm like they've all just been jumbled up in my mind. I don't know which season is what. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I knew that some started like that, but I didn't know they actually did make it a thing.
0: Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll have the rest of Season 7 to, um, to have Jerry's stand-up at the beginning, but then, like it or not, we're getting thrust right into the scene come Season 8.
1: Doing cold opens. Okay, mm-hmm. well, this cold open starts on the street, and Kramer is parallel parking his land yacht car, and <laughs> uh, he finds a spot that's definitely not big enough. No. And meanwhile, Elaine runs into Jerry on the street, and he's at a newsstand, and she mentions uh, a little carryover from the last episode. The rabbi in her building asked the dog owner to keep the dog inside, and she did, so the dog problem is solved. Uh, meanwhile, just nailing both cars as he tries to fit his uh, giant vehicle into this tiny spot, and they watch it like a tennis match, like as he's going back and <laughs> forth. Um, and that's kind of the, I guess, the cold open gag. It doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the episode, but we just kind of laid the groundwork, yeah, you know, put a button on the last episode with the dog, and they, I think they do talk. Well, no, they don't. They don't talk about George until after the the commercial break or whatever it is
0: yeah yeah I mean they they come back from that break and they're they're back on the street for like three seconds but before they before they send it into monks um but did did you see the uh unwinnable game of tic-tac-toe on Kramer's window no (laughs) it it was written in the dust it was written in the dust and I I tried (laughs) to see I'm like did anybody win this no no they didn't
1: (laughs) that's pretty funny Uh, Yeah, so Jerry and Elaine continue to walk down the street and they bring up George's engagement because they haven't really had a chance to talk about it. And Elaine's like, well, you know, is he happy? Uh, Transition to Monks where George, uh, who is never happy, uh, starts (laughs) complaining about how stall doors don't go down all the way to the floor, which I think he is (laughs) one million percent correct about. Yes. Unlike Susan, I would have talked about it at length. But Susan uh, asks to change the subject. She does not, uh, she's not interested. But when she does that, that causes George to question absolutely the entire relationship saying they don't even share the same interests how can i marry her and those interests being (laughs) bathroom bathroom doors doors
0: (laughs) that is that is george's main interest is talking (laughs) about bathroom stall doors yes
1: and toilet paper i guess when you get down to it because he wanted to marry sienna because she was so interested in that's right or he wanted to say i "I love you to sienna because she was so interested in this toilet paper conversation Yeah, but I, I mean, I totally I, I've i never understood stall doors not stall doors having like half an inch on each side mm-hmm. and then also not going down to the floor makes yeah. no sense.
0: I, I think I've told you before and I may have even said this on on the podcast before like the time I was at a racetrack and the stall door came down to like above where my knees were at. <sighs> so like it was really high so like you could see everything if I were to sit down on this toilet seat. Jeez.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I've told you, but the, when we moved into this new building, they redid the bathroom. And so now when you walk in, like you can literally make eye contact with whoever is sitting on the toilet because <laughs> the gap is that big. You can make eye contact with any part of their body the, you want to, frankly.
0: The gap on the side of the door?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The side of the door. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, I was going to say, if the bottom of the door is so high that you can make <laughs> eye contact with them, then what? what's the point of having a door?
1: No, but the 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 <laughs> gap is so big on the side where it closes yeah. that you can see. I mean, you can see whatever you want to see, and you know your eye is just drawn to people in a room just evolutionarily. So when I walk into the room, when I walk into the bathroom, I'm now trained to like look up <laughs> at the ceiling or over at the sink or like straight ahead at the at the urinal instead of the stall. Like <laughs> I had to train myself not to see if not to check if anybody was in there because you can. I mean, you can see everything. You can see directly into the bowl oh, for when you no. walk into the door. Yeah, it's awful. Um. So in the apartment, there's no. Here's the other thing. They must have. There's no stand up. There's also no establishing shots so far. We went right from the street directly into monks. That's back right. Directly into the apartment. They must have like really had a lot. And I, I felt like this was a very dialogue-heavy episode because there wasn't a lot of scene changes and stuff like that. I mean, there there are, but yeah, I felt like this was very pretty dialogue-heavy, not necessarily action-heavy. Mm-hmm. We segue back from Jerry and Elaine's conversation in kind of a funny way that, that people started noticing uh, a little ways back and started making fun of as kind of like a, like a sitcom move, like a basic sitcom move where Elaine asked, is he happy? When they were on the street... And Jerry, when they're walking into the apartment, he goes, Yeah, it seems pretty happy. Like, did he wait <laughs> ten minutes to answer her question until they were back up at her
0: apartment door? <laughs> so is this so the all the time. Is this them parodying that?
1: I don't think it's a parody. I think it's an actual segue. I think they were trying to segue like old sitcoms <laughs> used to do before people noticed it was kind of hacky. And like, wait a minute. I mean, you could argue that he went, hmm, that's a good question. Well, blah, 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 blah and then finished up his thought when they got to their door with yeah he seems pretty happy <laughs> i mean but but it, it's more of like that dumb transition thing where you know is he happy we see george not happy back up into the apartment yeah he seems pretty happy but they've been walking the whole time george presumably in silence you could say <laughs> jerry notes Elaine's lack of enthusiasm about the conversation regarding George's engagement as she cracks a bud in the middle of the day. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. A bud heavy. It's not a bud light.
0: (laughs) It's a bud. It's a, yeah, it's a bud thick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the classic Budweiser red can. And he, you know, posits that she's jealous. That's not the one getting engaged, but George is. Uh, Meanwhile, Kramer enters Uh, concerned that the dog napping that took place in the previous episode is going to go on all of their permanent records and i love what kramer says here i I may never get a job i won't be able to get a job now (laughs) (laughs) like that was going to be a problem yeah um elaine meanwhile crushes the bud light that she has killed within the last minute (laughs) uh and she's like you know what let them lock me up and she uh throws the rest of the cans over her shoulder and walks out the door. <laughs>
0: what uh like I didn't even see her buy the bud. Like where where did this come from? Yeah, that's a good question. They
1: <laughs> see, they they must have even stopped at a store or something. Because <laughs> Jerry, I think Jerry has groceries that he's putting away at this point, too. Uh-huh. So,
0: Or may, is it Jerry's? Is it Jerry's six pack of bud that she just uh, annihilated? <laughs> she just <stole>. But <laughs> Maybe. I mean, but I mean, uh, there was, she only drank one and she slings it across her back and there's two left.
1: That's so. true. What happened? Maybe she killed four while we weren't looking. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Or yeah. or her and Jerry went half and half on a six pack that could be that cuz jerry is not
1: a huge drinker i think he's even said as much that he doesn't drink you know he, he never has ma- much alcohol in the house he has like that old bottle of scotch mm-hmm. um, it doesn't seem to be anything that he he goes to um, but people like it sometimes when they're over so maybe he has maybe he's got a, a truck driving girlfriend that demands bud you better have some bud heavy in that fridge when i come back <laughs> <laughs> I could see him having it around, like, instant coffee, like what what he told... Oh, my God, uh, Detective, yeah. Detective Bookman when he was like, well, you have instant coffee. People come over, they get coffee. And he's like, I, well, I don't have any. So maybe, yeah, just just keep it in the fridge. If people want to drink, it's there. Yeah, it could be. I, I don't know. But my my headcanon is that Elaine, like, shotgunned four beers when the camera was not on <laughs> her when Kramer came in. <laughs> so over in Elaine's building, uh, she runs into, outside, Rabbi Kirschbaum, the rabbi she was talking about with the dog situation, and He's got a very interesting way of talking. He enunciates everything very clearly and, I guess, monotonously. He's kind of monotone as well. Mm -hmm. And he notes that Elaine doesn't seem like herself. And does she want to talk upstairs? And Elaine takes him up on that offer. Uh, Back in the apartment, George puts the stall door idea to Jerry. He's like, what would you think of this? If the stall doors in Yankee Stadium went all the way to the ground. And Jerry likes the idea. Although, I got to admit, there are certain times when... The stall doors the way they are are probably for the best, and, and I think when they are short or whatever, you know, like they're worried about people having sex in there, doing drugs in there, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. two things that might happen at a Yankee Stadium game. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I might understand having them, you know, like in places like yeah. that where you know public parks, uh, bus stations, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe even maybe in, even Monk's Diner, a, you know,
0: a, a, in McDonald's. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there are times when you do need them, I agree. So maybe it's not a <laughs> universal idea. Although I've heard that in Europe, like that is the norm.
0: Really? Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, oh, we do have European listeners, though. Let us know. Is yeah. that weird when you come to America or whatever or you hear about stalls that don't go all the way down?
0: Or just let us know. Do your stall doors go all the way to the floor?
1: Yeah. Uh, and... He brings it up really just to complain about Susan, and Jerry agrees. Uh, by the way, Superman's still on the bookshelf and the fridge in, in this scene. And George panics about the December wedding. They're getting married in December. And I guess if this is real time, like he proposed at the beginning of the summer, and now it's September, pretty much. Uh, you know, if, if the show is airing at the time that the characters are living, you mm-hmm. know, so that's uh, pretty close. And Jerry suggests postponing the wedding, which George didn't know he could do, which I like. Wait. <laughs> What do you mean? People People can do that? You can do that?
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he settles with March 21st, the first day of spring. And he's like, y- you know, spring, rejuvenation, rebirth, <laughs> everything's blooming, all that crap.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this seemingly puts George at ease... But he's actually directly under the surface, very terrified of Susan's reaction. But he must do this. Jerry's uninterested the whole time. He's just looking at a paper and just sort of like agreeing I don't think with he, whatever George says. I
0: don't think he looks up once, does he?
1: <laughs> no, not really. He's just like, yeah, yeah, you should do that. Like, still reading, not even paying attention to what George just said. And the scene ends with Kramer and Jerry discussing... Whether, you know, because George says, you know, what, you're a good friend. Even if you even if you murdered someone, I wouldn't turn you in. And Jerry puts that to Kramer. Would you turn me in if I murdered someone? And Kramer says, definitely. Yeah, oh, absolutely.
0: One hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he brings up something about that being the law and things like that. Uh, he wouldn't want that on his permanent record. That's that's the way I read that. I, I read it kind of as a callback to him going, oh, great. Now I have a, a police record, you know, a permanent record. Mm-hmm. Over at Rabbi Kirschbaum's apartment, he first offers her Snackwells. Do you remember Snackwells? I do not. These were just gigantic. These were like the best, if you ask people at the time, they were the best scientific achievement of the early 90s. They were... Um, maybe we'll have to put this down for homework next time. We'll put Snackwells down for some homework because they were these fat-free cookies. And everyone was like, oh, they're fat-free. That means I can eat as many as I want. <laughs> but they were actually like really high in carbs and calories, I guess, too. But they just didn't have fat. And so people <laughs> were like, yeah. And they came in these iconic green boxes. And I think the rabbi might even mention the devil's food cake. Like that one was like a, a, po- a very popular one among everybody. It was like the number one.
0: Oh my God.
1: That everyone loved of these Snackwell cookies. It was just such a blast from the past. And I think the rabbi even mentions that, like, when people see fat free, they'll overindulge and not realize, like, they're still packed with sugar or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Elaine is jealous and has resentment over George's engagement. She confesses to the rabbi. And the rabbi, kind of missing the point like offers to like, Hey, you should come to our singles mixers at the temple or let me hook you up with my nephew. He owns a business and, and like really like thinks like he really misses the point of Elaine's problem. Not that a man will solve it, but that, you know, she's, it's just not about that at all. (laughs) So maybe not a great rabbi. I don't know. At least not a good counselor.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. I don't, I don't think so at all.
1: Uh, Out on the street, Kramer is picking up yet another cafe latte. Um, which it's really the first time we've seen him do this, but I guess Jerry has, has witnessed this several yeah, times. It's like
0: another cafe latte. I'm like, has there been any others? <laughs> I know.
1: And then Jerry's like, when did you get so trendy? And so I guess this also maybe we'll have to write down. I'll write down cafe lattes too for like when did Starbucks start expanding into places like New York City? And because they were the ones that had to have popularized. Fru-fru coffees like oh, that, yeah. right? I, like cafe latte and mocha and stuff.
0: I think we looked this up before.
1: This seems we very did. familiar. It, it does kind of sound familiar. Well, I wonder when we would have, when would it have come up? Mm. I don't know. But if I start coming across the same stuff that I came across last yeah, if, time, if
0: you if you Google it and the link is purple, then <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. then you'll know then you'll know what's up.
1: Exactly. Uh, so I, I just think it's funny that, you know, Jerry's like, oh, you, when did you get so trendy? And Kramer's like, I set the trends, baby. I've been drinking cafe latte since sixth grade and I never looked back <laughs> or fifth grade. I'm sorry. He says fifth grade even earlier. Um and Jerry sees a flyer for the movie Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is, interestingly enough, I definitely would not have remembered this. That's the movie they missed because of the table mix-up at the Chinese restaurant.
0: Mm-hmm. And, would you and, have uh, remembered that? Uh, maybe? I, I, don't yeah. know if, I don't know if I would have or not, but, I mean, Jerry says as much, and he basically says exactly that. And I, I thought, I'm like, oh, my God, that's a callback. <laughs> that was, like, season three.
1: Yeah, I think he even mentions... He's like, I tried to see this movie three years ago. And no, he, he, blah, said, blah, blah, blah. he says five years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Is it really five years ago? Yeah. That, oh, my that, gosh. That, that, that's
0: what he says anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, well, maybe that. Oh, gosh, that seems like maybe he was just uh, Would that be season two. I want to say, well, I guess we have to look it up now. I want to say no, because that would mean if we're in season seven, five, Oh, maybe it was season two. Maybe the Chinese restaurant was season two. That would make a little bit more sense. Uh, yeah, season two, episode 11, 1991, and now it's 1995, so, you know, four years, give or <laughs> take. So he, uh, yeah, he, he rounded up, I oh, guess.
0: Boy, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wanted it down to the day. I tried to see this movie four years, three months, and 15 days ago. Um, I did notice <laughs> there is a date on the flyer, September 27th,
0: 1995. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. Yeah, sort of time stamping the whole thing. Um, and then uh, Jerry... Litters on the floor uh, on the ground and and Kramer picks it up again, like hearkening back to his new completely lawful way of life. You know, he's he's, (laughs) he's not going to stray of the law anymore um, after the dog napping thing Uh, over at George's. The first thing I noticed was that George has a hamster tunnel set up. Does he? yeah like a, like what? a whole like, neon tubes and it's on his desk like the desk that he goes over to when he <laughs> walks in he walks in and he crosses the room and right there i'm like that's a does george have a hamster in there oh my god and i think he does and i'll i'll, I'll get to that later wh- why i think he why i believe he does it, it's kind of weird but yeah I was like interesting hamster i don't know it's just weird uh but he brings up like it's a great idea you can see him like he's like how do i do this how do i i know she's going to be upset he's like i'll just bring it up like it's an amazing idea i got it i got a great idea we'll get married on march 21st the first day of spring how about that well it doesn't work <laughs> susan sees through it immediately that he wants to postpone the wedding she starts sobbing and george has to comfort her saying that no december's fine i just thought you know whatever no no don't worry about it it's going to be december
0: yeah and and he's uh you know snow santa all that stuff <laughs>
1: Over at Monks, George is explaining, you know, to Jerry. Well, Jerry guesses. He's like, "Let me guess." She started crying, and you caved. And he's like, "It was like she was on fire, and I had to put her <laughs> out." And Jerry mentions, like, "Well, at least you, you know, you probably had pretty good makeup sex." And George is like, "I missed out on the makeup sex. Uh, I didn't even have that." And then George is inspired by a guy at a table next to their booth. He's making a woman cry over something. He's saying something like, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to go or something like that.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's him breaking up or or what this really is, but yeah. But George sees this guy, stands up, shakes his hand, <laughs> and this guy is now George's number one hero because he, he made this girl cry without losing any of his, like, intentions.
1: Yeah. And, and he's like... He was still eating. George was like,
0: yeah. is like, Yeah, this guy. Not only was he still eating his food, he was asking the woman he was with, Are you going to finish those fries?
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the ultimate
0: George, George move.
1: Yeah, he's inspired. He's inspired. And so he's like, You know what? He grabs his jacket. I'm going back in. And I like the way Jerry ends this scene. Poor bastard. <laughs> I just like the way he delivered that line. Outside of Elaine's, the rabbi, Rabbi Kirschbaum, runs into Jerry. He's like, I guess you're going to see Elaine. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. The way she feels you know and he's like what and rabbi the rabbi completely just spills every secret that elaine told him (laughs) to jerry about george her thinking george is a loser and resenting his engagement and being jealous that she you know she's not the one being engaged and stuff (laughs) uh just just laying it all out there the
0: way he says uh i recall the word loser being peppered throughout (laughs) was was great
1: yeah so we cut to George's, and at the beginning of this scene, so he tries again. She's on it's the exact same setup. She's on the couch reading a book. He walks in, crosses over. And this is where I'm like, does he feed the hamster? He picks something up and he is something in his hands and he drops it. And I rewound it to try to see what it was. And it looks like it might have been a bunch of sunflower seeds or some sort of like hamster food but from the sound of it he just dropped it on top of the cage not inside it at all what did you make of
0: that did you catch that move where he picks something up I, and then drops it i did but i didn't think anything other than like oh he's taking the change out of his pocket and dropping it on its desk that could be too yeah
1: i, I couldn't think i mean it might have it might have been changed because it had like a grayish thing to it but i just found it really weird i didn't know what it was and i still don't honestly if anybody has any line on what he does at the beginning of this scene. Does he feed a hamster? Does he drop his? That's what I thought too. I was like, Is it his keys or something? I <laughs> I had no idea. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, well, then he starts sobbing and she caves. So he cries and she caves. He's way over the top about it. He's like doing that thing where you like uh, shake your wrists back and forth. You know, you shake your hands back and forth. And <laughs> and I mean, he's just. I thought he was acting, but. You know, in a, in a scene coming up here, we'll find out that this was very real. This uh, This was way over the top, but it was very real crying.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought he was just putting this on for Susan. I, I, yeah. I thought that, too. It's very high-pitched, like, I don't know what to do. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, even the look he gives whenever it's just on his face, he's like, oh, whoa, that worked. Yeah, yeah. As the
1: soon as soon as she's like, "Yeah, we, you know, don't worry about it. We'll postpone it." And they hug, and he's like, "Huh? Yeah." He gives a little look, like behind <laughs> your back, like, "Okay."
0: I, I, I thought that was the acknowledgement of like, "Yes, this was fake, but I'm still surprised that it worked."
1: <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of when Cartman pretends to cry on <laughs> South Park, like that style. So yeah, over at Elaine's, Jerry goes up and just immediately tells Elaine that the rabbi told him everything. And Elaine is shocked. She's like, for a rabbi, he's got... How could a rabbi have such a big mouth? And I love Jerry's delivery here. That's what's so fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over at the movie theater, Kramer is drinking a cafe latte. Jerry tells him he can't take it inside. And Kramer goes, oh, we'll see about that. And he hides the cafe latte in his pants.
0: Well, yeah, which... n- not not only, not only that, but like he's A, never heard of this rule before. But the first thing he says is like, Well, that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They don't allow outside food in the theater. How many movies has Kramer been to?
0: Apparently zero. Yeah.
1: Even though we have seen him in several. Yes. Uh, Maybe this is the first time he's tried to sneak food. and He's like, why hasn't anybody thought of this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is revolutionary.
1: I'm not going to pay for. Yeah. Although I I kind of you should be able to bring something into a movie theater that they don't sell. You know, if they don't sell it, you should be able to bring it in. Yeah, that's the way I feel. So (laughs) cafe latte, you should be able to bring that in.
0: It's like I'm not bringing in my own popcorn.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. But maybe they should start instituting, too, like, uh, you know, some restaurants you can take your own wine to. They just charge you an uncorking fee, uh, Ooh. If, you know, which is like 10 bucks or something. And You're like, well, whatever. So maybe, the, you know, if you want to bring a coffee in, they charge you a, a coffee fee of like a buck or two.
0: I would definitely pay a surcharge per ticket to bring in my own food, I think. Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: Or maybe, I mean, th- that would have been a good thing to add to those all those movie clubs that failed immediately, oh, Man. You know?
0: I mean hey like, hey AMC's uh movie uh stub's A list whatever that that's still going strong really? I mean I mean obviously notwithstanding the pandemic uh yeah. but I I think it's still going on same with uh same with uh Cinemark's one it's just MoviePass that failed Oh,
1: jeez. Yeah, ma- I mean, maybe it is still going on because absolutely nobody was using it, but they were still paying for it. <laughs> like, hey, we're not paying employees, and yet everyone's still paying us for these movie clubs. This is this great. is the way we should do it. <laughs> this
0: is great. <laughs> well, <laughs> Let's I, keep uh, the club going and close the theater. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but uh, but Grace and I had Movie Pass, and yeah. it was it was great for like the six months that it worked. But <laughs> the six
1: months but, they had money.
0: Yeah. Oh, they didn't even have money that six months. I, I listened to a <laughs> podcast recently, and uh, I mean, here uh, up in Erie, PA, where we're at, uh, we, we we live in kind of a test market for theaters, at least for Cinemark, where the tickets are never more than $6. On the discount day, they're $5, and yeah, yeah. that that is definitely not the norm for anywhere else in in the United States, but their movie club the the Cinemark 1 and Movie Pass was $10 a month. So like you go and see two movies, it makes up for the price, right? Here's the thing, Movie Pass was paying out to the theater for every ticket $11. Jeez. They That's were paying dumb. $11 for every ticket.
1: Wow, it's definitely not $11 everywhere in the nation.
0: It's not. No. <laughs> I mean, they were losing just $6 for <sighs> myself and my wife each.
1: Jeez. Yeah, the the Cinemark one, though, was weird because, yeah, our movies were so cheap and they would advertise that and they'd be like, for $10 a month,
0: you get two movies and then you can buy more tickets for $5 each yeah. month. What? This is not... <laughs> I, I mean, this it's, isn't good. It's, not, uh, it's not super feasible price-wise for, for our area, but... Yeah. The discount on concessions does make it worth it.
1: Oh, that's like twenty five percent or something, right?
0: I, I think it's twenty percent, but still, 20%. that's that's a yeah. good that's a good amount.
1: Yeah, that's not bad, not bad. That'll be like two or three bucks off of popcorn or something. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, so I guess they're still still going strong. The movie clubs, um, <laughs> the movie and, theaters,
0: however, are a different story. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, still no one's using them. It really that really helped them out. Um, <laughs> so it, back at Elaine, she confronts the rabbi about telling Jerry. Um, And I agree they didn't really they didn't really touch on why Elaine was so mad. I mean, he shouldn't have been telling anybody, but also there should be some sort of confidentiality agreement between a man of the cloth, you know, whether you see a priest (laughs) or a rabbi or anything like that. And whether you see.
0: Yes, but it's not like like like, a
1: doctor or a lawyer.
0: It's not like he's a therapist. So it it doesn't doesn't really matter in in the grand scheme of things. But does he do this to his
1: entire congregation? He might. Yeah, we've
0: never met Rabbi. What's his name? Kirsch, Kirschbaum. Kirschbaum? We've never met him yeah. before.
1: I guess so. I mean, but you got to figure, like, he his his <laughs> his flock would be down to zero at a certain point. You know, I was like, I'm not going to go to that guy's church. I, I went to, I don't know, whatever the, you know, I, I just went into his office to ask him about leaving my wife. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, everybody knows about it or something. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you'd last very long as a rabbi uh, at any size church just doing what he did. But maybe... Maybe also it's because she's not Jewish. He's like, oh, I can tell anybody's secrets <laughs> as long as it, that doesn't, you know, the the, the rabbi parishioner, I know I'm probably using the wrong um, <laughs> terminology, but the rabbi parishioner confidentiality agreement doesn't extend beyond our faith. So it's the same thing as if if Jerry confessed to a Catholic priest, that Catholic priest could go and, and tell anybody he wants to, you know.
0: Wait, is that real? No, no. Well, I don't think so. But I'm (laughs) saying that's maybe what the rabbi
1: thinks. He's like, oh, you know, like, of course, I would keep another Jewish person's uh, secret, but she's not. So I can tell everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Elaine saying, like, oh, I'm not of your faith. In fact, I'm not super religious uh, to begin with. That's his get out of jail free card.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's his like, I can blab this everywhere. (laughs)
0: Like, oh, okay. thank thank (laughs) you. thank, Thank you for telling me.
1: And so, in addition to Jerry, he also told Mrs. Winston in one F because they were waiting for their mail, and he, I guess he just wanted some, just wanted to make small talk. Uh, and he, he also told Don Ramsey, who is this really handsome guy on the fifth floor of Elaine's apartment.
0: <laughs> Which is... Uh, I I don't know if it's come up before or if it just comes up after this that <laughs> Elaine really wants to ask him out. Yeah,
1: yeah. It has come up before. Um, and so back in the theater, Kramer and Jerry are entering the theater and Kramer trips over everybody's legs and spills coffee everywhere. Did you notice the horrible overdub of someone pretty much whispering coffee? Like when Kramer trips... <laughs> And, and it's it's so obvious he doesn't say it because you can see his mouth. But someone just goes, coffee. No. Over. Oh, my gosh. It was the wor- I, this is another <laughs> moment that I rewound. I was like, what? It's kind of like the last one where he's like, that's my shirt. No, that shirt's from Rudy's or something like that. And oh it was obviously God. not part of the scene. The same thing here where he starts tripping and goes and he's making other noises. And someone goes, coffee. <laughs> and I think it's supposed to be Kramer, but it's definitely not. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Um, okay, we, we need to talk about the the usher that comes down, like yeah. runs down as soon as he sees like all of the commotion and like he's like kind of crouching uh, a little bit, but like he's holding onto the seat. He's like, hey, what do you got? One of those cafe lattes in your shirt? I'm like, "What? why would that be the first thing wow. that you would expect? Did you catch this?
1: I guess I didn't notice that he had
0: superpowers. It's like, what, what do you got? One of those cafe lattes in your shirt? I'm like, y- y- yes? How? Yeah. How is that the first thing that you thought of? How did you know? Like,
1: you didn't even just say coffee. You said he's, cafe latte. He That's said a very Cafe specific... latte.
0: Yes. It's like, what do you God. got? One of well,
1: do you think maybe he recognizes Kramer and he knows that he's tried to sneak him in before? <laughs>
0: I don't know. That's the
1: only thing I can think. Because
0: Kramer legitimately seemed dumbfounded that he wasn't allowed to take it in, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. He was very shocked. So, yeah, he probably hadn't tried it before, but one of those cafe lattes. Maybe he heard him whisper coffee. (laughs) Coffee. This guy looked familiar too.
0: Did, did the usher look familiar to you, the actor? He he looked familiar, and I know, obviously know that it isn't because this would have been I don't know, God, twenty years before his his next prominent role. He reminded me a lot of John Boyega. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I can definitely see that. <laughs> yeah, John Boyega would have been like probably he's probably your age, right?
0: <laughs> probably, yeah. Oh that's he, my guess, He would have yeah. been like three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, I get, maybe that's it. Maybe he just maybe he just resembled John Boyega, which. Uh you know just to get it out there they don't all look alike to us okay we're not this isn't a Mr. Morgan Sugar Ray Leonard situation
0: I don't <laughs> Everyone- I don't know you you didn't get any likes on that tweet whenever you said that uh, whenever you said that uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was on cameo and and it was the actor I don't know no it was that was the opposite oh okay <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was um, Sugar Mr. Ray Leonard Morgan. is on Cameo, but you're like, yes. oh, look, Mr. Morgan's on Cameo. Mr. Morgan's on That's Cameo, right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is so weird that I started getting ads for Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> like I didn't search. Well, I did search for Sugar Ray Leonard. I guess that's why. And they were like, hey, he's on Cameo. No, I don't want to talk to Sugar Ray Leonard. I just <laughs> want to see what he looks like. Were you also looking on Cameo for something? I've been on Cameo a lot lately. Yeah, it, I've, <laughs> it, it's caught my interest um, for one reason or another. I don't know why. Um. Yeah. Just one weird thing I saw on Cameo, though. I don't know if you saw, was that for fifteen dollars, there's a vape influencer I that you can buy a Cameo that. from. I saw I your tweet like, about this. What that's is- my. I don't want to live <laughs> on this planet anymore. Moment. <laughs> what?
0: What in the world is a vape <laughs> influencer? Like, I. I, I guess uh, if if you've never heard of him, Tim, look up Maddie fucking smokes on YouTube. I, I'm I'm guessing it's just uh, that type of stuff. <laughs>
1: Well, for fifteen dollars, you can ask what a vape influencer <laughs> is because that's how much her cameo
0: costs. <laughs> hey, fifteen bucks isn't that bad, honestly.
1: No, that's a, that's a, that's super low it's, considering it's like steel. even the lowest YouTube stars are like hundred and fifty bucks. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, so. my my one friend uh, got a cameo. I, I I don't know why I'm I'm saying my one friend like you've never you heard only of him. have one yeah, well, I, not not like you you've never heard of him. It's Aaron. Aaron's oh, brother. Aaron. Okay. Oh uh, got gosh. him a cameo from uh, the YouTube and competitive eater la beast uh, and th- this thing's only like 20 bucks and oh my god i don't know if you've seen most cameos they're like maybe 30 seconds and yeah. they're, they're literally just reading the script that the person like sends them like oh good luck on finals you know shit like yes. that la yeah. beast's cameo to aaron was six <laughs> minutes long oh and he god. goes into a diatribe like talking about his baseball cards it's incredible it was the best if you're a fan of la beast at all if you know who that is his cameo is more than worth it
1: totally worth it the the dollar per minute ratio (laughs) that is awesome i i have a like uh, um as much as i've been spending i was like i have a fantasy of like sending the most random cameos to people it'd be great if you could do it anonymously you know i don't know how you'd get them to i guess you could put their email in yeah, I guess you could put the email in, and when it's ready, like, if I just spent $15 and, like, sent a Vape Influencer cameo to you, Ted, and, like, just ran, like, why did I get this? I don't think they have to say who it's from, right? They can just say, hey, Ted... I heard you love vaping, so you know, like I could just make up stuff about you, or just have them roast you, or something.
0: <laughs> you could, you could, but that would also require me to open the email that has been sent to me unsolicited.
1: Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it'd be like your cameo's ready. You'd be like, well, I didn't. This is obviously, yeah. You'd have to. God, yeah, I don't know how
0: your cameo from Chris Hansen is here. I'm like, what? <laughs>
1: your cameo from the vape influencers here yeah there's no way to send anonymous cameos i guess i I would love to figure it out though not that i have the money to do it but one day i might (laughs) and then i'll spend like you know 750 dollars to
0: you're gonna blow your entire paycheck on cameos (laughs) and just send them to people that you haven't spoken to in six years yeah yeah and just just random stuff (laughs) Um, so send them to all your old pds (laughs)
1: yeah yeah and just about how great i actually am like well you were wrong about him he's good <laughs> yeah, that I I would I would love to start doing that. Especially like just getting the most expensive ones and yeah. just having them do random stuff. Um like another one went viral. I mentioned Snoop Dogg and I I know how much he is, $750 Jesus. because a, a professor got him to record a cameo telling all his students to read the syllabus. Make sure you read the syllabus.
0: God. <laughs> At that, the beginning of it, yeah. I, I, I saw this, and it's just like, what What professor <laughs> right now is willing to drop $750 on a Snoop Dogg cameo that just says, hey, man, read the syllabus? <laughs> you the, got to read your syllabus. Th- that was basically it. Th- there wasn't much to it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of information in there. You got to read it, something like that. Here's my other line of thinking too. Is I do know there are plenty of Seinfeld actors. I think Jay Peterman is on there. I think the Soup Nazi is on there. You know, if if it's not cost prohibitive, are you allowed to just buy a cameo and say, "Hey, talk about how awesome my podcast is"? I think so. Could we get Jay Peterman to go? I love no hugging, no learning. It's the best. I love. You know, I mean that. I'm you pretty do that, sure. Right?
0: I'm pretty sure, but I don't know if that was a Jay Peterman impression or a Donald Trump impression. <laughs>
1: My Donald Trump impression is a little breathier than that. (laughs) But I can understand where, yeah, now I hear it.
0: He's definitely going to be on Cameo after he's out of office, isn't he? Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I think so. Um, Um, But, yeah, I I don't think there's anything stopping you from doing that. I, I mean... Or I mean, the other idea
1: I had is like get pay a celebrity to just say that they love my radio show. Like, is that would that be cheap? Or would people go, oh, that's fake because you paid for it? Or I mean, it it
0: would be it would be totally uh, reasonable. Have them do a a couple of liners for you. Like, hey, it's this person. You're listening to uh, what's the name of your show? Murphy and the The, Q Morning Hustle.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's I was like, what a great way to buy liners again, if money was not an option, which it definitely is.
0: (laughs) It's it's definitely an (laughs) option and an incredibly (laughs) limited one at that
1: yes yes so this is all just a pipe dream right now but it's what i've (laughs) been thinking about as i've been browsing cameo just other ways to use it besides happy birthday or whatever (laughs) um so where the hell are we oh yeah are we done with this oh wait we haven't we haven't even finished the theater scene the guy asks jerry if what happened and jerry like admits that jerry turns him into the usher that he did bring in one of those cafe lattes uh (laughs) over in the apartment elaine is still upset And George comes in and she's super over the top in congratulating him because it's the first time she's seen uh, him since the engagement. (laughs) And so she's like, you know, just pulling out all the stops and um, going full steam and and talking about how happy she is for him and stuff like that. And I love as she's leaving what George says, because it's the way he emphasized it. He's like, well, you know, if, if you ever get a date, the four of us could maybe go out (laughs) <laughs> I'm like that was the wrong word. Oh. You could have said that as long as you didn't emphasize if you ever get a date.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: god. This It, it could so, be like if you ever get a date. Well, maybe that would even be wrong.
0: Such a non intentional burn, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like
1: <laughs> if you ever get a date. <laughs> I don't know what the right word. What's the right way to say that?
0: Just say when, not yeah, not if. Not
1: if. Very good. Yeah. I, I mean, thought it even, was the emphasis on get.
0: Even saying like when you when you get a date, we can go out on a double date together. That that's yeah. not awful, or it's not awful. But it's not great, you know what I mean. But it's a lot better than if you ever get a date.
1: <laughs> if you if you ever get a date, the four of us can go. Yeah. So the next time you get a date, the next time you have a date, the four of us can something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, like assuming that, that, that that's it's gonna even, happen. That's even
0: better. The next time you have a date, let's go out together. The four of us. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Elaine is like Elaine's about to break. The smile on her face is like about to she's about to unload on George, as we've seen so many times before. <laughs> but she holds she holds back. But I, like one more second before that door closed and it would have she would have exploded. <laughs> God. Uh, and George tells Jerry about the crying and how, it. you know, now the the wedding is postponed. Uh, Kramer comes in. And so this all, you know, Jerry. the reason Jerry turned him in, he was like, it was a joke, you know, it, but it harkens back to like saying I would have turned you in for murder because he was like, mm-hmm. those are the rules. Uh, and stuff like that. You can't have coffee in here. But Kramer's like, you know, you know what? You changed my life. I'm. I found a lawyer, and we're going to be suing because the coffee was too hot. And Jerry says coffee's supposed to be hot, and Kramer says not that hot. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. We do get one more little epilogue, and this is where George and Susan are in bed watching TV, and they run across Rabbi Kirschbaum's like cable access TV show. I guess he has like a cable access show, <laughs> and. He starts telling the story about let's call her Elaine and she is resentful of her friend's engagement let's call him George <laughs> and also he you know he's like she thinks George is a huge loser and things like that and then he goes into a story that we didn't see that i guess presumably George Ted is is going to a prostitute when you're married considered cheating and and that he didn't think it was because they're never going to see each other again. So what's the difference, or something like that? Oh my god! <laughs> that was that was weird. Because was he making that up, or did it actually happen? I, I guess it actually happened. I'm
0: guessing it actually happened. But like <laughs> both Susan and George are just watching this, and they're just both stunned.
1: Yeah, mouths agape.
0: <laughs> oh god! I, I I wanted to ask you this: was this um, uh, uh, back to the previous scene, Kramer yeah. saying that he was going to sue for um, uh, sue for millions for the coffee. Was this before or after uh, that old woman got got burned for spilling coffee on herself?
1: I'm certain it was after. Um, And I'll write that down for next time, this hot coffee case, because I'm sure it's going to come up in in the next couple episodes. But it probably was after and they were probably parodying it because it was like, you know, it was it was laughable at the time. And I think conventional wisdom about that case where the woman got hot coffee, she burned her lap Mm -hmm. and then she sued and she won. And everyone was like, what an idiot. How do you not know that coffee's hot? Yeah,
0: But the thing is, is like she didn't want to sue like she sued for her medical bills.
1: Yeah, I d- I don't even know the full story. I think there is even a a recent ish documentary about it. Because, yeah,
0: <laughs> I think so. Because,
1: because conventional wisdom sort of flip flopped on it and going, no, she she actually deserves to win, and here's why. Mm-hmm. It's not just the coffee's hot. It's like here's here's yeah, the like,
0: actual. Yeah, like everyone everyone seems like to think that oh, this is the beginning of like frivolous lawsuits. Yes. You can sue anybody for anything, but no, like this this was an elderly woman. She got seriously hurt and seriously burned.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it, the burns were bad on on top of yeah the expectation of what the the temperature of the coffee should be, et cetera. And it's why you know caution hot is on the top of all the lids now. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to do a, a little dive on that because, like I said, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to come up in the next episode. But uh, that's all. That's it. That's the end of the episode.
0: All right. Do we have any homework then? Uh, I, I mean, obviously the the hot coffee lawsuit stuff. I, I want to find out like when that was. Um, is there anything else? Yeah, uh, we'll talk
1: about Snack Wells. We'll okay. talk about. Uh, we'll figure out if we need to go back into the Starbucks pool.
0: <laughs> I don't remember
1: <laughs> why that would have come up, but we'll see. Um, the actor who played the Usher, I just want to know if I recognize him from anything else. And yeah, and then the hot coffee case.
0: All right, what stuck out to you visually from this episode? What do you want to use as cover art? Because I really like Elaine's smile at the very end uh... as she's about to break, but I, I also like. Uh, George Fate crying and being consoled by Susan. Uh,
1: that's funny, too, because, yeah, if you could get him, like, mid-wrist shake, that's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, either one of those I'm fine with. I, I want to commend you on the shot you got of uh, from the understudy of George trucking Bette Midler. I thought that was <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh,
0: that, that took me a couple of tries because <laughs> uh, I would be like, I uh, I would do the screen cap once and be like, oh, he hasn't hit her yet. And then yeah. I, I would miss it the next time. Like, she's already on the, ground. on the ground. So I tried to get it at the moment of impact.
1: Now, when you, I remember you mentioning, like, stunt doubles. Was Does uh, Jason
0: Alexander have a stunt double in that shot? I don't know. I didn't notice one. I couldn't
1: tell either. Yeah, maybe he was. Because for sure, Bette Midler's was a stunt double because mm-hmm. she actually has to take the fall. Um, But yeah, I, c- I couldn't get a good enough look to see if it was a fake George or not. <laughs> Um, Uh, Yeah, either one of those is cool.
0: All right, so let's get into Newman's mail sack. Okay, so this week comes from Elio Canella. He writes, Hey guys, I just listened to the Understudy episode. While it's not my favorite episode, the one scene that always stood out to me is when Elaine meets Jay Peterman. Season 7 goes back to story arc mode as we see the return of Susan, but wait until you get to seasons 8 and 9. Things really go off the rails, both good and bad episodes. Some better than others, but they're all fun. I don't know if you've been keeping a list of every episode so far, but which episode would you say is your most favorite and which is your least favorite? I think this could be a list that changes from week to week. Keep up the great work. I like the giving yourself homework concept. That's what make your pod, that's what makes your podcast stand out. I was always one of those people that always had things organized, do heavy research, but podcasts are supposed to be fun. That's what I'm getting from yours. And I actually started following the same format with my podcast. Elio, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, do you have a definitive favorite and least favorite episode so far?
1: I, I don't think so. I mean, the the one I keep coming back to is the puffy shirt. Like that one just, hmm. it really stands out as like living up to its legacy. Um, but <laughs> I, but I, I don't know if it'd be my favorite.
0: I remember like when we reviewed that, like we got yeah. to the end and we were both just like, I mean, I, I, I don't know what else you want to say about this. It, it's a classic for a reason.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and and some of them have not been you know but that one for sure really is um but i don't but it's so cliche too it's like wow the puppy shirt come on are you even a fan
0: <laughs> fucking oh, seinfeld, you like seinfeld normie n- name every episode <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i don't know what about you i i don't know honestly um I, I, I don't know if I could do it right now, but I, I might be able to look back and just, like, thumb through the titles and just be like, yeah. oh, God, this episode for, for good and bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, might, may, I might be able to do the same may, thing. Maybe
0: that's something we could do for homework next week for Elio. All right. All right. So next week, or no, uh, before we get to that, uh, let's see if we can come up with a better description. All right. So we had feeling overwhelmed. George wants to postpone marrying Susan. Hmm,
1: it's not bad. I, I think we could probably bring Elaine into it somehow and not really make it too much longer. What are you thinking? What about uh, George? Something about, maybe this connects them too much, but George and Elaine both have overwhelming feelings about his engagement. Hmm. And then we don't even have to, met, the, the episode's called The Postponement. That's true. So you That's can see, true. oh, what's this about?
0: That's true. We don't need to put the word postpone in the description. Yeah. <laughs> it's like defining the word but using the word in the definition
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: consoling to console somebody oh thanks
1: i hate that when they're like yeah when it's like uh, looked to look in the past <laughs> like, well I, I know
0: idiot <laughs> um but yeah i i i like that uh george and elaine both have overwhelming feelings about his engagement yeah i, I like that. it all right so,
1: say so myself
0: next week we have got season 7 episode 3 the maestro Original air date, October fifth, nineteen ninety-five. And if you're looking at TV guy that night, you are gonna see Elaine's boyfriend's comments on Villas in Tuscany stirs <laughs> Jerry's curiosity.
1: I love the synopsis already, and <laughs> I am looking forward to this episode because I know it's it's a really funny concept as I remember. Um, and it's going to be, you know, some classic pettiness from specifically Jerry. But also, yeah, so I, I hope it holds up to my memory. I, I think it'll be a good <laughs> episode, but we will see. And is that it? That is it. All right. For no hugging, no learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. Ooh.